Are you on the RCR mailing list? Never miss a beat of the news and hard-hitting stories you've come to know and love. Stay in the loop. Visit realitycheck.radio forward slash email. Greg Simons is Associate Professor of Communication Sciences at Tariba University, Latvia. Though speaking to us from Uppsala, Sweden, and if you listen to this program in 2023, you would have heard Greg on a number of occasions, three or four occasions, um, talking about, well, really the major conflicts in the world at the moment, and uh, progressively they've been added to over the time. So uh, initially we were talking a lot about Ukraine, and of course the situation in Gaza with Gaza-Israel came along towards the end of the year in October. That has broadened out again. And it's great to have uh, Greg Simons back with us in 2024. Greg, uh, good to see you again, hear from you again. Happy New Year. Yeah, cheers, Paul. Likewise, Happy New Year. Although not so happy beginning. Yeah, so that's how you characterize what, um, well, uh, it really is the world is up against. It's fair to say, isn't it? It's not just a regional kind of thing. No, no, it is broadening out more and more. Okay, so uh, are they all linked? There's a question. They are linked, but they've begun to become even more so because you have these things coalescing. Uh, I mean, in the world, for the United States hegemony, you have three major problems. They are Iran, China, and Russia. Uh, And these, of course, are three different regions. You have the war in Ukraine, and and that's owing to uh, Russia getting a little bit too influential uh, in Europe for the US liking. Uh, you, you have the conflict in, in the Middle East, or as the locals call it, West Asia. Uh, right. And this uh, is because the, the US I mean, had been all but rolled out of a lot of the places there. And Iran had been gaining more and more uh, influence there, mostly because of the US uh, from their involvement in 2003. And then, of course, you've got all this rhetoric and propaganda concerning China, especially with Taiwan. And these are attempts to try and, how would say, obstruct the rise of the power and influence of Russia, China, and uh, Iran. And what you see currently uh, in the Middle East, uh, I mean, this is not only uh, a US problem, this is also an Israel problem because Israel uh, has this enmity towards Iran, the, this ideological, religious, etc. Uh, but this, they have wanted the US for some time to take on Iran for them because the Israeli army is too small. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, the US military is uh, bordering on too small is currently because, I mean, they're 40% uh, short of their recruitment targets. Uh, you, you've got a demoralization of the military. You've got a, its capacity and capability is decreasing. You can see this. Uh, with their conduct with the Houthis. The Houthis are still firing off missiles. They've lost a couple of SEALs, and you can see their bases getting targeted, such as the one which was recently targeted in Syria, not Jordan, 
in Syria. Yeah, they they well. said Jordan, but it turned out to be Syria. Syria. Yeah, and what are they doing because there? That's an illegal presence, isn't it? That is an utterly illegal occupation. And if you put it into context, uh, currently the U.S. occupies more of Syrian territory than Russia does of Ukrainian territory. And, well, of course, they steal the oil and the grain, and this is what the, this is for. <clears throat> Apparently, because Jordan denied that attack on their place, uh, soil, uh, what had happened, apparently, is that base had just sent out a drone uh, to attack Syria. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> and the drone was returning, and they didn't expect another drone incoming, uh, and that got them while they were not in uh, shelter. They were in the open, and so killed three and wounded, I think, at least 40. It's interesting you mentioned drones because the U.S. military machine has for many decades been a particular configuration. Huge um, uh, presence on the water with carrier uh, battle groups, etc. Massive bombing capability with um, global reach there. And, of course, the ability with the carrier groups to launch aircraft in um, specific areas. But it seems in the Ukraine war, I think, has shown this too, that actually the new warfare, and it's quite accessible, as it turns out, is drone warfare. And if you're not waging drone warfare, you're really not in the game now, it seems. Is it, would that be correct? Yeah, the U.S. Yeah, has fallen behind a lot because if we go back 20 years, of course, they were sending drones to kill anything and everything that moved in Pakistan, Yemen, uh, across the world. But it's moved on from then because you've got countries like Turkey, you've got Iran, you've got all these other countries that are producing drones. And, I mean... Tiny yeah, drones. I mean, US, Small drones yeah, that, that yes, target individuals. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, you see those clips where... Uh, I mean, you got Russian soldiers like beating these things with a baseball bat. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- these drones, which are attacking them, which I mean, it's, it's bizarre to watch. But um, yeah, and, and, and they're the cheap US, to make. They're cheap to make compared to the to what make. the industrial military complex of the US is used to making yeah. and charging for. Yeah, because I mean, it's what you'd call an asymmetric economic form of warfare because. I mean, those Houthis launch those cheap drones and missiles at, at U.S. targets, and every time the U.S. has to shoot one of those things down, I mean, it's disproportionate. The The cost of the Houthis is minimal. It's a couple of thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, it's a couple of hundred thousand dollars to shoot that thing down. Um, so, yeah, that that's, that's an interesting aspect of it. So why do you think... Um, the, the America, USA, um, is so keen to hang on to its hegemony like it is. I mean, they can't really justify having the presence that they expect to have or have historically had in some parts of the world that they've been in. And, um, you know, the game's changed since 2000 and, um, you know, the invasion of Afghanistan, Iraq, et cetera. It's a different kind of world, yet they're still hanging in there. Um, oil's talked about a lot, but, you know, if the U.S. wants oil, they've got enough of their own oil, really, if, if they want that. And you'd think that uh, with the relationship with Russia, for example, you know, that's a Christian country. 
um, yeah. and it has far more in common with with um, Western values, let's say, than not. And China, you know, they're communists, but they're really in it for the business, it seems to me, and they don't really want to yeah. take over the world. Well, not militarily, anyway, economically. So, not economically, yeah. So, so who's... How do we explain that with the U.S.? Who's running the show, do you think? Because I don't think it's Biden. Well, I mean, this comes into the U.S. psychology because ever since Bretton Woods, uh, after the Second World War, they've, they've had this uh, desire to be on the top and to remain on top. I mean, you, you saw this even before. I mean, if we go to the 1830s with the Monroe Doctrine, to be on top of all of Latin America... They had no military capability or capacity to do so in the 1830s, but that was their desire. Uh, and you, you saw with their, uh, well, I would call it a, an imperial war uh, with uh, Spain. I mean, they expanded their territory ag aggressively, and this is what they've been doing since. So if we look now, I mean, yeah, they, they do what empires do when empires go into decline. They they still have this mindset. I mean, you listen to the British still. Oh, we, we'll send the fleet to you. What fleet? Yeah, there mean, is no you know, fleet you, as such. Yes. Uh, so uh, they still got that mindset. And this is the point, that they have the desire and you've got these rather deluded people like uh, Lindsey Graham and, and so forth. He, he's really, positively dangerous, isn't he, Greg, with his rhetoric? Uh, yeah, well, I think you're being kind and diplomatic, but yes, uh, generally speaking. Uh, and you, you've got this mindset that they want to remain on top. I mean, this is the whole thing. Uh, if we look at Biden's, uh, if we trust that Biden is actually running the show, which is a, a big if, uh, but his whole uh, election campaign in 2020 uh, was based on U.S. taking its position back, this U.S. exceptionalism, this indispensable nation, which they keep on, you know, beefing the, up this, this rhetoric and talking themselves into it. So, I mean, this is what it is. This is why they are having this indirect war uh, with uh, Russia. I mean, this other kind of conflict brewing with China, and why they're doing what they're doing in the Middle East now, which can easily spread to other countries. But, I mean, it's not like they have the same military capability and capacity that they had 20 years ago. They, I mean, I, I, it'd be hard to see them pulling off an illegal invasion like they did with Iraq again in 2003. They don't have the same means they had then. It's just that their brains have not caught up with this reality. Yeah, it seems to be even more than that, because I remember during one of the debates, Trump versus Biden, he was, Biden was saying, excuse me, that Trump would bring us into war. <laughs> now, uh, yes. he'd already shown that he wasn't going to do that from his first term. I think he'll have a second term. But what's Biden done? taking them into war? Well, plenty of times, and on grounds which they haven't been going into before. Uh, and, I mean, the, the U.S. is floundering. Well, you saw after their illegal base was attacked in Syria, the response, they wanted to look tough. 
And so that they started bombing random things. Uh, so they actually bombed uh, some uh, Iraqi government military, uh, which technically are on Hello. their side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's low-hanging fruit, isn't it? Um, what do we make of uh, calls now in some of the European countries sort of reviving the concept of uh, of military service? Um, that's happened in the UK. I think it's been talked about in some of the other European countries, Germany, maybe even Portugal. Some of the some of those countries are now talking about raising citizen armies. I guess if you want to take it to its uh, nth, yeah. Um, which which feels like war is looming, or there's an expectation of it. Do you think there? Do you think that's what we can take from that? Well, these are vassals. I mean, you, you look at how these so-called European leaders are behaving. I mean, Norway just gave over 12 bases to the US on their territory. Sweden is doing something similar. It, it, it's like this collective suicide uh, to keep a dying empire afloat. And what are you going to do with those citizen armies? With what money? Uh, the US has just deindustrialized you. Uh, in the, this Ukraine war. I mean, the, your citizens don't want to fight and die for you. This is not 1914. This is not 1939. People despise the government more and more. I mean, you see these farmer yeah, uh, protests wow. Uh, wow. Uh, and things like I mean, do you think these people are going to want to fight and die for Schultz or any of these other ones. I mean, Macron, I mean, France is burning. And what does he do? Come to Sweden and he gets a few hugs from a few naive Swedes. Well, I mean, that, that's going to only sustain you well, for Well, so the Swedes long. are having a go now at their public broadcaster. Yeah, um, but... Yeah. Do, do you think, um, I mean, it's a bit, a bit of crystal ball gazing here, but do you think it's this will end up in a... Something's got to give here at some point, surely. Does it become yeah. a wider conflict, especially if the shipping is affected? Because that's a that's a hit on the Western economies, isn't it? Because that limits yes. the uh, the uh, passage of goods, quite essential goods. Um, yeah. Is it heading towards a wider conflict, do you think? I think it definitely is. And, and I think this is what these uh, Zionists uh, do want, uh, that they support this, because they, they cannot achieve their military goals without uh, U.S. soldiers or Western soldiers to do that. Um, it's That's not if they can the do that, Greg. That's if they Western soldiers yeah. can do that. There seems to be a... They can't. Yeah, I mean, you look at the size of Iran. It's massive. It's 90 million odd people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not Afghanis. It's <laughs> something quite different, much more sophisticated, much more organized uh, and not fractured. Uh, and of course, uh, I mean, as you noted at the beginning, I mean, the US is primarily a maritime and air power. Iran is, is not, it's a land power, uh, continental power, but one with extremely sophisticated missile technology. And yeah. we saw that uh, when they targeted very effectively those U.S. bases after Soleimani. And you, you got the you got the U.K., you know, Britannia rules the waves. They, they can't even shoot surface-to-surface uh, -surface missiles uh, into those Houthi targets 
many of which the Houthis make these dummies out in the open, uh, which are readily uh, bombarded by expensive weapons. Yeah. And <laughs> then they actually shoot their real rockets. And, I mean, yeah, it's a circular firing squad, this uh, Western approach. And, I mean, New Zealand wanting to send six soldiers. I was just about to mention uh, that, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, why, why should we be playing this game, do you think? Because we're being told to, we're be being playing. heavied? Uh, I would say so. Uh, I mean, th this is part of, of what I'm talking about, this geopolitics uh, of this transforming global order. I mean, the US is obviously calling in favours. Uh, New Zealand, go and do our bidding. Uh, an attempt to, if you like, Ukrainianize uh, New Zealand. Uh, I mean, six soldiers. I mean, they lost two of their much vaunted Navy SEALs uh, trying to uh, take on the Houthis. I mean, w Western weaponry ha has been demonstrated as being more uh, bark than bite. Uh, yeah. Ukraine has demonstrated that. Uh, and New Zealand, I mean, what are you, you going to do? Uh, the, the US has, I mean, you have this... Uh, political military alliance with the US, which has been a traditional one, uh, but a economic alliance with China and to, to balance this. But, I mean, the US doesn't want that because they want to be a loyal client state. And so, I mean, take away that uh, economic trade with China, whatever you think of China, it is profitable. The US yeah. will not replace that. No, and, nowhere near it. Nowhere near it. Well, not even not even beginning. Because the US, I mean, you see their national debt. You see their... 34 uh, trillion. I mean, ...devastated economy. I mean... Yeah. Printing money. They're not in a position to do so. So our six are going to, what, lecture them on diversity and... Uh, uh, yeah, probably run the a little, uh, circle workshop on... Uh, finding the best pronouns to you, use um, to define yeah. yourself. Yeah. I mean, we laugh about it, but it's, you know... You, it's probably kind of... unfortunately closer to the truth. Yeah. Let's finish up quickly talking about China then, because that's where we have a an awkward position between US traditional ally and the need to do business and have as a trading partner, our major trading partner, China. China's watching all this. They know what's going on. They've got, what, 1.6 or 1.7 billion people. They have incredible capacity to make things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're not, they, they're not to be played with, let's say. So what do you think um, is going to happen with China? There's no way the United States can have all this going on. Well, they, they can't even take on China if it was the only thing. No. But they can't have all this other stuff going on and have any real um anything that's sort of credible as far as the chinese to say that would sort of stop them doing anything that they didn't want to do so how do you think yeah. that one's going to play and will we have to make a choice here between the eventually two? yes uh a choice will need to be made i mean you, you've got this hedging approach uh you, you balance one against another which is done with what is called strategic ambiguity. That is something which is not clear. 
So you're not clearly for one side, you're not clearly for the other. You, you, you navigate this kind of uh, opaque middle path. Yeah. And, and, that, and hope the other that, one, the other party doesn't sort of find out too much while you're doing it. Well, I mean, they, they, they might not care because you're not obviously too far going for uh, one side or the other, but treading a middle path, and they understand. I mean, that this is uh, something that needs to be done. What they cannot abide by is when you choose a path with what has been, which the US has now become an enemy uh, of China. It's made itself an enemy of China because this is how it positions itself. Wow, it's going to be a hell of a year. I wonder um, when the next big development Will t- and what will that be, do you think, just quickly to sum up? But how do you think, if we're going to reverse engineer everything that's happened so far, what do you think the next thing will be? Will it be a Ukraine-Russia thing or will it be a Middle Eastern thing or they all go together? What do you think? Well, my prediction is that the US will try and wind up Ukraine. It's a liability for their election. The Democrats don't want it anymore. Yep. Uh, but, of course, then... Uh, Russia wants to achieve its goals. It doesn't trust the US or the West. They've no. broken the word too many times. Yeah. They're completely untrustworthy. So why would you take the word on it when, like, Minsk... Uh, you, you wouldn't uh, take the word. You, you wouldn't. No. So that, they will finish what they're doing there. The US, I mean, November are their elections, yeah. uh, and Trump is already causing enough problems for them to uh, sweat a little. Uh, so that, they'll try and shut that down uh, somehow uh, or wind it down, which is why they're passing it to Europe uh, yeah. at the moment, the EU. And the EU, uh, to put a, a Kiwi expression, they, they would not be able to uh, organise a piss-up in a brewery. Uh, <laughs> yeah, especially with the folk like uh, um, uh, out of Hungary, Orban. Yeah, Orban, yeah. Mm. I mean, he's... He's um, swimming completely the other direction, it seems. And yeah, but he he's not the only one because now you got Fika uh, uh, from uh, Slovak Slovakia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Poland. Did you hear what uh, Duda, uh, President uh, Andrzej Duda, said uh, recently? Remind us. I think uh, I think I know what you're going to say. In the remind. last couple of days, that Crimea is traditionally Russian land. Ah, yes, I, yeah, he did say that. Yeah, which tells <laughs> so, you something. Hmm. Yeah, uh, the the and Romania. I mean, the farmers. Uh, I mean, the government is, of course, aligned with the US and uh, doing things that way. But the people are more and more. Nah, nah, we don't want to play this game anymore. But I think the place where things are going to uh, likely expand are West Asia. That is the Middle East around. West Asia, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what the locals call it. They refer to it as West Asia, okay. not the Middle East. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it depends where you're standing from, uh, what you see. Yeah. And uh, what, what you have now is Zionists want to expand this conflict. They're already itching to go into Lebanon. Which, I mean, they can't handle Hamas. I mean, Hezbollah is going to wipe the floor with them. I mean, they're a much bigger and more potent force than uh, than Hamas. Uh, and this might draw in other countries. Uh, you've got 
their desire to attack Iran, and you got these uh, rabid ones like Lindsey Graham, who would more than willingly do that. Uh, and I mean, you got Yemen and the Houthis, uh, yeah. but yeah, you, you, what you see now, I mean, <clears throat> these US bases, I think they have about 9,000 personnel uh, in these very vulnerable areas. And if they do anything stupid, uh, I mean, it's not going to be three body bags. With, with no, they'll, they'll, those, they'll be high and dry, won't they? They'll, they'll be dead. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no way out. Uh, Turkey's getting more hostile. Uh, Iran is watching very carefully. Iraq has had enough. Yeah. Uh, and and w once things start, I mean, we saw how World War One started. I mean, yeah, one, no one really w wanted it, but a series of stupidities, and and then you had the the, the wonderful result uh, that transpired. So I mean, yeah. th this is where this seems to be going. And you ha you have Biden, who I mean, senile. I mean, he's just, he, he's, I mean. Every time he gets up in front of the camera, I get flashbacks to these the scenes from, uh, you know, Weekend at Burnings. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have used that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's not there. And and this this is the image of Western power and supremacy. Yeah, but he got and... more votes than, than Obama, Greg, you, you realise. He... Yeah, but, yeah, uh, well, I suppose he, he has a much more direct line with the dead than Obama ever did. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, um, while he was getting 17 at his rally, um, Trump was getting like 50,000. But oh, yeah, let's, yeah. let's just overlook that. Okay, well, it's been really interesting catching up with you, Greg Simons, Associate Professor of Communication Sciences to Reba University, Latvia, based in Uppsala, Sweden. Good to talk with you again. And uh, I don't think it'll be too long before we uh, have another chat as these things yeah, develop. Yeah, there's nothing like it uh, to discuss concentrated misery uh, yeah. periodically. Yeah, yeah. The reality check that we need, uh, if you compare yep. to what's being um, heard in the mainstream. Thanks for coming back on RCR, Greg. We'll talk again soon. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to RCR Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to, just like what you're listening to. Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057, that's 2057, or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so connect with us today.